You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Abdacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And while there's no football to talk about, and while I'm sure that you're listening either in your home or out on your hour-long exercise break or maybe in the back garden, maybe doing some work, whatever it is. Uh, I hope that you're keeping well. I hope that you are safe. I hope that your family is doing the same also. And on this week's episode, we have Rob Maddox to help kind of walk through uh, some things. And, you know, since we're on lockdown, uh, we were supposed to play Watford this week. We were scheduled for that. So uh, obviously handballs are on my mind. Um, And uh, we'll talk a little bit about handballs. We'll talk a little bit about um, being locked down, a little about defending, being uh, if we have lockdown defenders. Um, I'll give you a a hint for the rest of the show. Um, We don't really. And so uh, that will, of course, be uh, hopefully something we focus on over the summer, but we'll get to that later. Additionally, we'll talk about some of the things, including the Saints as one program that Southampton launched, uh, other teams, Premier League teams, furloughing non-playing staff and things like that. Uh, And hopefully we get all the way through that and and answer some of your questions uh, in this episode. So once again, I hope that you're well, your family is well. Um, let's just get into the episode right now. Um, if you want to follow Rob on Instagram, you can do that. It's at Rob Maddox underscore. Uh, and while you're there, you can follow the partner of the show, the Southampton page. They're at Southampton page one. But yeah, that does it for now. Let's get to the interview and I'll talk to you on the other side. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Rob Maddox. You can find him on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Rob, I, I think I owe you an apology because a couple of weeks ago you were supposed to come on the show. We were actually still playing football and I had some, some, a situation where I, I needed to, to cancel that. We set it up for Watford and uh, now there's no football to talk about, but you're here anyway. So thank you and I'm sorry and uh, I'll make it up to you somehow. Sorry, don't worry about it. It's, it's just rough. There's no football on at the moment for sure. It's, yeah. you know, we've been talking, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it definitely is, uh, there's a giant football sized hole in a lot of our lives and that's, that's okay. Except for we have a lot yeah. more time to sit down and, and watch it. <laughs> Saturdays aren't the same anymore, I should say that. No, no. <laughs> and I think, uh, you and I were, I've been looking for, you know, trying to find Saints matches and things to, to look back on and watch. And it's, it's quite easy to find things from the early nineties and late eighties um, as long as we're losing those games, but, uh, <laughs> finding, finding actual good quality video of, of us playing full matches, uh, not as easy, uh, on the internet. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can over the coming weeks to kind of help prop it up a little bit, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, what have you been, what's your life look like right now? I mean, we're locked down. Uh, mm. are, are you working? Are you at home? What, what's going on? So basically, as most of the UK probably know, uh, a lot of people are being furloughed at the moment. That's where the government steps in and pays 80% of your average um, yearly wage, which is great. Um, that's what I've been put on. So obviously, I work in retail and my store isn't, my, I work in an electrical store and that's not essential. So they've basically said, okay, you can close. Employees stay, stay at home. You guys get furloughed. So if I'm honest, I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm still getting some money, which is great. Um, but yeah, basically just trying to be doing, keeping active as much as possible. Been hanging out uh, not by myself, but yeah, it's not it's not as bad as I thought it would be. But it is getting a bit boring now, a bit tedious. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are allowed one walk a day, right? One 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 exercise period. <laughs> yeah, Boris has given us one hour a day to do what we need to do. So that's that's, that's fun. <laughs> we don't have a specific number, but we have four people in the house. So I'm trying to say, like, look, I'll go on my walk and you go with me then uh, you'll go on mm. your walk and I'll go with you just because I need to like get out of the house. But um, my family's not going for that. They just want me to leave them alone. Yeah, you need to find a loophole. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I know what you mean. And, and, we, and we live, we don't live, uh, we only have four people on our, on our, on our cul-de-sac. So it's not like we're, we're not hanging out with them. We did, we did uh, sit in the front yard with the neighbors the other day, um, you know, 10 feet apart from one another and, and had some wine. That was nice. Um, except yeah, I drank okay. way too much, but that's, different 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 problem there um but yeah so i mean being furloughed i guess isn't the worst thing you don't have to expose yourself to like all the dangers of being out and it sounds like you still get i mean you're still getting paid which i think is the the big deal for a lot of people who are worried about losing their jobs at this point yes yeah i mean i'm i feel bad for people who have, who have had to be laid off there's a couple of my friends who've had to be laid off for like chefs and stuff because they work for um People who own their own businesses, so it's people who are self-employed. So it is, it is quite rough um, if you don't work in a chain for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, it could could be a lot a lot worse for many people. But I do I do feel bad for the people who've lost their jobs because of this. Yeah, yeah. My wife, um, my wife works at a restaurant as well, and they they had to be essentially the, the restaurant's closed. Everybody's on goes on unemployment, uh, which is uh, not the same as being furloughed, but. Um, they do get uh, two thirds of their pay, so that'll that'll come in. And then our government has kicked in some uh, uh, a one time payment, basically, to everybody who makes under under seventy five thousand dollars annually, um, and then uh, five hundred dollars per kid on top of that. So some money coming in for people, but that's definitely uh, not, definitely uh, yeah. not enough. But it it is you know trying to make sure we don't completely wreck the economy uh, while this is going through everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the economy. It's taken a hit for sure, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of speaking of being furloughed, I, I haven't seen anything come out of Southampton about uh, staff being laid off, but I have heard uh, other clubs are furloughing people and, and, and things like that. I mean, um, have you heard anything about that from, from other football clubs? And, I mean, what's your kind of take on that stuff? Yeah, so l- last night Twitter basically exploded because uh, Liverpool, Liverpool had announced that I think they're, all their non-playing staff are going on furlough, which is crazy because if you th- if you think about it, you know that they're, they're a massive, massive corporation. They got so much money. They're giving footballers tens of thousands every week, and so for them not to take a pay cut, um, I think now they are speaking about doing that. But for them not to take a pay cut, 
take it from the players and give it to the, for the, the you know, the sports scientists or for the physiotherapists or for the chefs or for the stewards or whatever. I think it's just wrong, really. Um, the actual people who keep it ticking, keep the club ticking along. Uh, I think I think it's wrong that obviously footballers get paid, as we all know, a heck of a lot of money, which is fair enough because they are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But that money seriously needs to be cut down and given to other people. There's a really big pressure. Our Secretary of State, uh, I think it's Matt, Matt Hancock, um, he really, really grilled into footballers saying that they need to take these pay cuts in order for the economy to get better, something like that, which is completely fair enough. But lots of Premier League clubs are doing this. Yeah, yeah, and and it, you know the people who are being furloughed or being laid off are obviously the people who are going to be most vulnerable to this. Uh, the, probably the least likely to be able to sustain something like that, right? Like this is going to be the the hardest mm. thing for them to, to 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 deal with. Whereas not not all footballers necessarily, but most footballers will be able to, uh, you know, go without pay for a little bit simply because they they have they make so much more. They obviously probably spend more. They live in nicer houses. They drive nicer cars and all that stuff. But it's um. You know, you look at a lot of people, especially in the United States and I think around the world, like people live paycheck to paycheck or month to month. And that's just the way that it mm-hmm. goes. And, and to, to tell these people, hey, you don't have a job now. Um, that's 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 a big deal. But um, I haven't seen anything about that at, at Saints. And, and you did say there that, um, you know, footballers make a, a heck of a ton of money and they should be maybe willing to, to part with some of that. I think the, the PFA have come out and said they're, they're looking into doing something like that with the, with the premier league. And I don't know, like, I think the, I mean, obviously Southampton's losing money this year. Uh, a number of football clubs are losing money this year, but they still have these kind of giant piles of money. They, they could potentially, um, you know, pay their staff and just keep them on and, and keep them employed rather than, um, even relying on the players to go and, and, and do that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's come out this morning, the, the Burnley chairman's basically said that if the Premier League doesn't kick up and start again, whether it's playing behind closed doors or whatever, um, the club will be financially bust by August. Really? So it'll be financially, yeah. So Burnley would be mudded in in August if the Premier League doesn't kick up or they don't get something financially from the club, which is absolutely crazy. The amount, I mean, you'd think, wouldn't you? The amount of stuff a club in the Premier League has in terms of income, it's got ticket sales, shirt sales, um, it's got television rights, um, all these different things coming into the club. They can't sustain themselves for three months. Is absolutely mental, honestly. Uh, I'm sure the players would take a cut. I hope they would, as it's their club. I know if it was if it was my club, I'd definitely try and take a cut for it because it means so much to people. But it is, yeah, it's a crazy, definitely a crazy time for sure. I mean, yeah, we tend to think of Burnley as being one of those clubs that's been doing things the right way. You know, they they don't pay people a ton of money. I mean, the football is not overly attractive. Um, and, and they're mm-hmm. going to be one of these clubs that is, you know, uh, financially busting. I mean, that just, it blows my mind that with as much money coming into the Premier League as there is, I guess maybe I'm wrong. In that, and I guess everybody's just on this this super tight kind of budget. It's not just people in the lower economic sphere, I guess, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe uh-huh. footballers are like that too. I don't, I don't know. It, it just seems, uh, all the things I was taught about finances as a kid, you know, growing up is you save your money and be able to like, you know, plan for, um, you're supposed to have six months worth of, of kind of things backed up to like kind of cover yourself. And, and here's Burnley football club, not, not being able to do that. And that's not great. You know, no, not so it's, it's not, it's not good at all. And I do know a couple of other, um, 
I heard, I heard a couple of other conversations about um, Tottenham doing some stuff and they just looked at, you know, how much certain players were being paid and, and what it would cost to keep that, the non-playing staff on and not furlough them versus, you know, um, you know, how much of a, of a hit that would be to, to their finances and what it would be. And, and it just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like the right decisions being made in, in, in some instances, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I was trying to look up. I know some financial results were, were put up. Um, so according to the price of football, which, uh, if anybody hasn't, uh, read the book, uh, they are, they are donating some proceeds from the book for, uh, um, charities to help out during this time. But, um, the price of football, they have a podcast and everything. It's just about, uh, the money in football. It's, it's, it's quite entertaining actually. Um, but, uh, Premier League clubs posted a collective loss before taxes of 187 million pounds, um, two of the top three most profitable clubs are furloughing their staff. Um, so that's, that's not great. Uh, Southampton posted the third biggest loss um, of any club uh, before taxes, uh, 41 million pounds, uh, according to, to, to their graph here. Um, Spurs, though, had a massive profit of 87.4 million. They're furloughing people. Burnley, um, second biggest profit at 45.1. And now we're saying that they're, they, they may not survive this if this happens. Um, and then Liverpool, 41.9 billion. You said they were furloughing their, their people as well. So not a great, uh, not a great, it does, doesn't look good for, for Premier League clubs, especially with all the money. And then I think if you just look down the table a little bit or not down the table, but down the leagues, um, if Premier League clubs aren't going to be able to withstand this, you think about some of the teams in the in the third division or second or third division where the players don't make as much, uh, the clubs don't make as much. They're more reliant on kind of match day revenue and things like that. And all of a sudden, we're in a a real big problem. And and yeah, you know, people are saying that football may not look the same after this. And and I have to agree with them. I think at this point. Well, the the FA, I think I think it was the FA or UEFA. I can't remember who it was, but they there is. I think they set a uh, hundred. 25 million i think that's the figure i think they said 125 million pounds to be sent to the lower leagues like the national leagues and non-leagues for example my local team bath city they're going to be getting some of this as well in order to keep their um keep financially going okay i know they've set that in place which is really good but it's it's going to be really tough for those those like league one league two teams probably portsmouth go down but hey who knows who knows yeah well I mean, not not the brightest of times, and and I know that we don't always want to talk about the the coronavirus thing, but it is it is wreaking havoc on on the football that we love, and and I mean it, yeah. it, things may look a lot different by the time this is over, and I, and we don't uh, we don't really know. It's tough to, to to predict some of that stuff, but um, I am I have been paying more attention to the the financial side of things from um, especially the guys over at the Price of Football just to to see how you know, what, what they're making of all of this and, and kind of how people are reacting. Um, I also just looked, I just clicked on Kyle Walker right now. Um, thought maybe, oh, God. I thought maybe he was donating some money, but apparently he had a sex party. Um, yep. So that seems like a really good way to spread viruses. Um, of all, maybe not Corona. <laughs> of all sorts. So uh, way to go. Way to go, Kyle. Um, you know, I used to really like him as a right back. I always thought he was, but what? Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I could do without that now. Um, one thing that Saints are doing though is they they've started up with the the Saints as one campaign. Um, are are you familiar with that? Yeah, Saints as one. I saw it on it was on BBC Breakfast. 
uh, I think it was yesterday. I know Prowsey was on there as well. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing the club are doing. I know if you've seen the videos online, you obviously know that there, there's a commitment to cook about 12,000 meals over the, the next 12 weeks, which is the time frame that the government has given us to say, okay, this is probably how long this country is going to be affected by corona for. Um, but obviously within Southampton being a city, there's lots of people who are being left isolated and struggling to be able to get food. So the club has partnered with someone, I think it was called Fair Share. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, a charitable food distributor. Um, but the overall idea of it was um, to give, to make sure that people have um, a sustained way of getting food sourced. And I know they're doing little things like they've also pledged, uh, I think it was a, just over a thousand free match tickets for the NHS staff and their families once football comes back up, which is absolutely fantastic. But uh, they're getting older uh, online exercise video for older adults, um, educational resources for children, uh, donations to churches and stuff like that. It's really, really, really impressive what they're doing. Um, but the main core of it is those 12,000 meals to disadvantaged families in, in the Southampton area, which is obviously absolutely fantastic. It's, it's brilliant what they're doing. Yeah, I and mean, this is the time when I think people and organizations need to kind of come together to, to get through this time. You know, there are people, you know, I feel, I'm reminded how, how kind of silly it is to complain that there's no football, you know, when other people are looking at not having a job not being able to pay their mortgage, not being able to put food on the table. Um, and there are people who don't have homes to, to go to. And the fact that, you know, the club is, is willing to kind of engage in this, even if the financial cost aside, maybe it's not that much to them or whatever, but it's just taking care of those people that are, that are out there that need help. That's kind of what we, you know, it's what we should be doing. And I think it's easy to lose track of that. Um, I know we've been, my wife is very much, uh, she's better at that than I am. You know, she's had, you know, friends who have birthdays and things like that. And just trying to, you know, whether we just drive by with a sign on our car that says, you know, happy birthday and we honk and leave some brownies on their porch or something like anything to, to make them feel kind of special or, or know that they're taken care of or loved or whatever. I think people need that right now. And it's, it's easy to just like sit here and, and say this, this sucks cause there's no football and, and all this other stuff, but there's a lot of, uh, I guess there's a lot of bigger things going on that you can you can do to make sure that other people know that they're kind of, you know, loved and taken care of. Yeah, that, yeah. That'll, that'll get them that'll get them through the day. You know. Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, completely. I mean, it's my birth. It's my birthday. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I thought I was lagging out, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, what? When? When is your birthday? Uh, my birthday's on the 11th, so it's my mate's birthday tomorrow, and we were planning on because our birthdays are again always on the same year very very close like a week apart uh-huh. so we were planning on like meeting up and kicking a ball around go to the pub uh yeah but obviously that can't can't do that now and be spent inside so yeah it's it's, it's gonna suck definitely <laughs> it's not an important one but it's yeah it's, it's still great still um yeah my my wife's friend had a birthday yesterday and they did uh facetime shots um <laughs> so yeah it's the that work group gets out of hand but um that's my, yeah, my opinion but... um and my know my brother's in there too so we'll see if he's listening to this at some point because i'll get angry text messages um but but yeah i mean it, it 
I, I will not be driving by your house, obviously, because that would involve a, a very long plane flight. And then me <laughs> renting a car. Yeah. And last time I rented a car in England, it didn't go well. So um, uh, a hefty, hefty uh, a fine for, for what I did to the car, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, I mean, there, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world of football. Just none of it happens on the pitch. And there's not been a lot of information as to when this is going to come back. It looks like it's just going to be when it's safe and we don't know when that is. So, um, so, so yeah. So, um, but in the spirit of, of us, uh, you know, playing against or supposed to be playing against Watford or scheduled, originally scheduled to play against Watford this week. Um, just had a a couple of questions. I mean, handballs in terms of, of what happened with, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, in your kind of time supporting saints and, and thinking about football in general, uh, is that up there with kind of the most, uh, you know, devastating handball? Obviously, we weren't around for for Maradona, or I wasn't. Well, I wasn't paying attention uh, when Maradona did it. Um, but <laughs> I mean, you know, for you, what, are, do you have any handballs that kind of stick out in your mind as being particularly yeah. uh, uh, offensive? I mean, in in terms of, um, I would say over here, definitely you've got Maradona. That's by far the worst. Basically, killed England's hopes. It started like an almost an instant national rivalry of Argentina which obviously we saw Bex being sent off against uh, I think it was 98 but you've also got um, one which if you're Irish and listening you probably won't want to listen to but it's the Thierry Henry handball against Ireland to, to stop them qualifying for I think it was the World Cup or the Euros I can't remember which one it was but that's a that was a huge that was a big 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 one that was yeah that that really hurt people. I mean, in terms of Saints, I reckon the, the Decore one is the most controversial and the most obvious one I've ever seen by far. Um, that, yeah, that, I have to admit, that one did hurt, the Decore one. It was just at a, such a, a time when it seemed like we couldn't do anything right and when we were yeah. finally going to actually get something, you know, going our way, that happened. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. And I'm trying to like rack my brain uh, thinking about other handballs and like, I'm totally guilty of, of I have at one point just punched a ball over the net as a defender, um, which is not yeah. advised. Uh, it was just kind of a reaction and then it was just a pickup game. So all it meant was next time I got the ball, I just got kicked really hard, you know, cause there was no, uh, there's no yeah. sending off cause it's just a bunch of guys in the park, but like they were not, they did not appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 another one you've got, if you watch the 2010 world cup, obviously Louis, Louis Suarez handball against Ghana. That is, that's a, but African football, that's probably the biggest. That's probably, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that's happened to African football, I'd say. The Ghana, Ghana would have been through to the quarters, I want to say. I think. If, yeah, and then obviously they missed the penalty that they got, and Suarez got straight, sent off straight away. But you might probably all remember that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember him biting somebody. Um. <laughs> Ivanovic, yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I don't know, man. Like Luis Suarez, he's he's fun to watch sometimes, and a lot of the kids at school like him, but. Man, like he's got some some just weird weird things going on. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a madness. Yeah, um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to trying to think of other ones that may have impacted us recently. And I know I know somebody will will chime in and say, I can't believe you didn't talk about this one. But I I'm kind of trying to think about other handballs that have hurt us or that we've gotten away with. And I can't. Maybe I'm missing some, but I. Oh, oh no, there is one. Um, it was one against Burnley. Probably one of my more recent games. It hit Ben. I think it was Ben Mee's hand. Uh, it was right. off a cross. Jack, was it uh, Jack, Jack Stevens' cross? 
uh, hit, his, hit his right arm. I think it was down by his side, but still hit his arm. And then you've got Spurs. Is Spurs in the cup, I think? Let's have a look. Um, I remember a really, really blatant one. His hand was in the air. I can't remember which one it was. But that, yeah, there's been a couple recently. I think I think the Burnley one's the biggest one, though. I remember if, if, you, if you're on Twitter, you'll probably know Southampton page. Jay, who... Who runs that? Close friend of mine. His um, he was sat right. He's on match of the day. He was sat right in front of that when that happened. He goes absolutely berserk. But I still don't know how that wasn't a penalty. <laughs> yeah, it's you know I'm sure we've gotten away with a couple over the years, but but the ones that mm-hmm. go against us are are always the ones that hurt. I think a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm stuck on the Decore one, and every time I see Watford, that's what I I I think of two things for Watford. I think of that um that that match they had where they blocked the penalty, went down on the other end and scored. And I think, of, well, oh, I guess three things. Good. And then I think of, um, I think of them, what the hell is his name? Troy Deeney. I think of Troy Deeney um, telling Arsenal, you know, you got to have some cojones. And then I think of the handball. Those are the two <laughs> things I, I associate with Watford um, and Elton John, I guess too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to, cause after we played Watford in the league, we had Watford in the cup a couple of weeks later. I remember going to that game and Decore just got booed. Mm-hmm. That was when Jack Stevens scored. He went on that goal scoring run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Decore just got, just got, honestly, he got murdered on that pitch. Good. Like, <laughs> he blatantly cheated. He yeah, good. Yeah. Net, you know, <laughs> like it's, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, we d- we also had a question come in this week and, and obviously like things are, things are a little weird. There's, there's, it's there's not a lot to talk about at this moment in time, but we did get a question from Southampton FC underscore talk. Uh, and it, I was asking us about kind of strike partnerships and, and here's what the question said. It says as the only striker in form is Ings, what forward would you bring in and why? And obviously we have no idea what the transfer window is going to look like. I mean, could be huge changes to, player values or valuations, especially if the money isn't there to kind of do these things. And this, I, I guess, brings up a little bit to, uh, you know, you look at the losses that Southampton are taking this, this year, you look at the money we owe in the transfer market, um, which is not uh, over the next couple of seasons, we're going to owe quite a bit of money um, being paid out to people. Um, and you look at kind of, you think about all our players that we have out on loan and that we need to sell and what they're actually going to be worth. But aside from all that, if you're looking for, to partner Ings with somebody going forward, I don't really have names in mind, but do you have like maybe like a, a type of striker or a type of partner you would like to see him? Like what maybe what profile would you be looking at uh, in terms of uh, of setting him up with the the appropriate partner in this four two 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 system? Well, I mean personally, I don't think we need to bring in another striker. I mean, if you if you have a look at who we have, we got we got Schlong, we got Obafemi, we got Che. And we've got Ingsy, right? Ingsy obviously being a, a talisman, he's the big one. He's absolutely mental in front of goal recently. Obviously, it's absolutely heartbreak that he's not going to be able to go to the Euros. But then we have Long, Ober, and Che. Now, with Long, he's hopefully going to sign a new two-year deal. And he's recently been partnered up with Ings, and they've been working fantastically. I mean, they've they, they both know each other's game very, very well. Ings has said in interviews that he prefers playing with Long over any of the others, which is completely fair enough, because they've probably been playing with um, with each other for the most amount of time. I mean, I know Ings came in uh, last season, but they, they have been playing together more regularly. Um, and then you look at Obafemi and Che. Um, che Adams being 
fast. He's quite strong. For Birmingham, he was good in front of goal. And I still still believe that that will come with time. Um, if you have a look at the statistics, in Che Adams' debut seasons, he's only scored eight goals. That's total. In his second season, he averages about 11. So I still think that he's going to come good. Um, which is all I really have to say about him. I mean, we, we, showed, we, we saw good things like his, his assist against Leicester for when we won 2-1. Obviously, don't know what happened in the first leg, but um, in the second leg, obviously, we won that game 2-1. So a really nice assist. So he's, he's, he's more of a, a number 10, we say, a bit like Long. So I hope that he can learn off of Shane Long a bit. Um, and then you have Obafemi, who's he's very, very fast. He's, well, this season he's played, I think he's been playing really well. I mean, whenever I see him, he always looks to give about 80%, which is really what you want. Um, scored a good goal against West Ham. He didn't really do much else that game. And obviously his goal against Chelsea was absolutely fantastic. And he had a nice goal against Fulham in the Carabao Cup at the start of the season. But if I'm honest, with, with the players we have, I think we have the kind of players that Ralph wants. I mean, they're all pacey. Most of them are strong. Ings and Long are very good area uh, in the air as well. I, if I'm honest, I don't really think we need to bring people in. I think it's more about developing what we already have. Um, to me, that I don't think we need to spend money on a striker in the window. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, I think I think that's uh, it's probably prudent given we have. I mean, Long is obviously um, getting up there in in terms of age and and how long he's gonna be able to do what he does. But um, I think one of the things I like about him is he's just running his socks off and, and runs himself into the ground and then kind of just like looks at the manager and says like, I'm done, like bring, bring me off. And I think, um, I think that's, that's fine. He knows his, his role. And I think you do that. And then you, depending on what the situation is, you have either Adams or Obafemi to, to bring on the one thing that, that long does that maybe the other guys don't do as well, maybe is, is win those headers, those flick ons for Ings, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I would, I would say that if we had somebody just to do that, I would say that would be the, uh, I, I would want that. I would prioritize that uh, over over may, maybe some of the other things. Because I think Ings can run and press as well as, as long. And if you have two guys that can do that, I think that helps a lot. But I think if you just have somebody to to kind of hold the ball up or or win headers and, and draw fouls and stuff, I think that um, is something that we can, uh, we would benefit from. But I don't necessarily, like you said, I think we'd have to go out and, and, and bring in another striker because, Honestly, I think there are other positions in the team that we could uh, potentially focus on. Definitely, and, definitely, yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, even what that's gonna that's gonna look like. And I think a lot of it will go down to, uh, you know, uh, whether or not Hoiberg decides to to stay or not. Um, and I mean, honestly, we don't know when that when that contract situation is going to be rectified because we have no idea what what's happening anywhere. So. Um, I, I don't know if you, if you do, were you able to to listen to um, Adam Blackmore a couple of weeks ago on the Total Saints podcast. I don't know if you caught that. Um, he was at his. I idea. think I did catch that one. Uh, well, he uh, Ben and the guys had him on, um, and and they uh, so so Ben had uh, Blackmore on, and they were talking, and and his big thing was like you know if if Mario Lamina has you know can focus in in this ralph's in ralph's system and come back and play if we were to lose hoiberg it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be a big hit because lamina can do all of those things that hoiberg can do it's just can he can he do it with the consistency um and and i wouldn't say that lamina has the leadership but like we have options those guys who are out on loan can can be options for us i think and 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 Blackmore seemed to think that Lamina would be the guy that could could do that maybe most of all. And 
I mean, I've only seen Lamita play once uh, in person and it was awful, uh, but everybody was awful. So, I, I, you know, I can't hold that against him. And, and I don't know. I mean, he, he seems exciting. He also seems like very, uh, if I had to pick a, t- a person on our team who would pull the Kyle Walker in times of this, I think it would be him versus most, uh, most of the other guys. So that's not necessarily who I want around, but there are options out there. And, and I, uh, I think if, if Hoiberg decides to go somewhere, I think that could change the way we look at, at things moving forward, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with with Mario, um, I think the fans are done with him. To be honest, um, obviously he's he's out of Galatasaray at the moment. The only way I think that he will stay at Galatasaray is if um, they can offer Saints above. I think it was fifteen million the asking price, which is I mean, what we paid eighteen for him. Obviously, being a self-sustainable club at the moment we don't really want to lose much money on him if any so um i think galatasaray were given saints the figure of about eight million pounds which obviously that's not going to be enough at all um in terms of putting him into our team at the moment obviously he doesn't start ahead of hoiberg but when he came back from injury last season he scored that goal at newcastle and it kind of looked like things were on the up a bit more um he has shown obviously we all know the quality he has but i think ralph is done with him if i'm honest and I think the fans are as well, because when he posted that video of him doing, it was he like made himself a highlight reel. And he has this hashtag. It's on it like lemonade or something, wasn't it? And it's just, I think his ego is just way too big. I'll be honest. Obviously, we all know how talented he is, and he's an absolutely fantastic player. But he's just, a, he's just a dick. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it, there, there's an acceptable level of of self-assuredness and maybe even arrogance that you have to have, I think as a professional footballer, you have to be willing to advocate for yourself because if you don't, then people may not give you the chance and he's Mm -hmm. got talent, but it just doesn't quite, it doesn't quite, it feels like it's being forced a little bit. Like it's not quite, it's not quite right. There's something going on that just doesn't quite match up. And um, Mm. like I said, he he wouldn't be my first choice for, to, as a, as a guy I want in the team week in, week out. Um, just because the, the attitude doesn't seem to be, to be right. But, and to say, and you can say like, if he fixes that, then, then it's all good. But like asking somebody to do that, like, you know, if you start dating somebody and they have this thing that at at one point you're like, ah, I'll just ignore that. That'll be fine. Like they'll fix that. They're not going to fix that. That's who they are. And that you can't Mm -hmm. really expect them to, to change that now. Uh, it just doesn't really make sense. But, um, yeah, I don't, we'll have to see. I, I don't know if they've suspended playing Turkey or not. I think I think they did, and I think you know. Yeah, know, they did. Yeah, places in like Romania or not, they're still playing. And there was some story about people betting a ton of money on on games that weren't happening in certain places. I don't know. Like the world is weird, and people uh, <laughs> are doing weird stuff. And uh, yeah, definitely. Like Kyle Walker, um, I'm just gonna keep saying that over and over. <laughs> uh, I can't get over uh, just that. I, so stupid. I was like, so so dumb. Like maybe he's done something really nice for the people of Manchester, and it's like, nope. Nope, he didn't. Yeah, you look at Rashford like what he's doing and stuff, donating money and yeah, and Carl Walker's having parties. And then I think it was like two hours later, he posted on his Instagram. Um, I'll make sure to self-isolate. Nice, way nice. to go. Good one, mate. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, um, we're supposed to be isolating and um, you know, lockdown essentially. And um, so my my big idea. This is not probably the world's greatest idea. Think about guys who uh, you know are basically locked on defenders. I mean, do we have anybody in the team right now that you would say 
you'd, you'd fancy one-on-one defending against, against anybody else. Is there, is there a player that jumps out to you as being like, you could stick them out there on an island and just let them defend by themselves and they'd be fine. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I think the only one I'd say, obviously Stevens has been in good form, but I think the only decent center back we really have at the moment, obviously I'm not saying Stevens is trash or anything. I think he's great. He's in a really good form, but Bednarek, I think he's like, he's the only one for me that I'd feel comfortable putting, in, putting him up as a one against anyone. Mm-hmm. Stevens is great as a ball playing uh, center back. But Benarek just does all the dirty work. Yeah. Obviously, I would I wouldn't let Vestergaard go up against probably our under fifteen team. It's <laughs> that bad. But um, yeah, I think Benarek definitely. I mean, he's not a Font or a Van Dyke or or a, even a Hoovel, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but Benarek definitely. Yeah, I think if if you're looking at our current back four, that that would have to be the guy, and you just think. I mean, you can see Vestergaard is just you're just knocking around him and go right, and either he fouls you or you or you you, you get by him. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Benrak would have to be probably the the guy that you would choose as the best kind of one on one defender. But I, none of those guys fill me with the confidence of just going like you know. I, I was thinking of the fullback position especially. Just you just set a guy out there to to defend against you know whether it's Eden Hazard or uh, even a guy like Dale Lefeu who's going to try to beat you one on one. Um, I don't, I, I always feel like you need help. You need a two on one situation to be able to kind of contain those guys, you know, even though, um, you know, I think Valerie had some, some instances, uh, over the last, last year, especially where he, he did okay in a back five with those guys. But I think that's because he had some, he had some help. Um, I remember all the, I think it was him where, where, you know, going home to empty his pockets that night and he had his keys and his cell phone and his wallet and, and Eden Hazard, I think is what, what that came up. But, um, I would need to see more of that going yeah. forward. And, um, you know, if you, if you think back to guys like font and Van Dyke, especially who could, you just, if they were one-on-one with somebody, you would just kind of go like, they're going to be fine. They're going to, they're going to win that battle more often than not, you know? Mm. Oh yeah. Especially with Van Dyke. I mean, he I don't have to tell you how good he is at the moment, but even for us, he, I think he's, he was criminally underrated for us. Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, it's yeah. amazing how good he got when he got to Liverpool, right? Like that's what everybody mm-hmm. says. And it's like, actually like you watch him back, like he's been good for a really long time. We've, uh, maybe we were just on it before everybody else. And, and yeah. I think, I, I think that happens though. When, when guys move on, all of a sudden they get good and it's like, no, like they were good for a long time. Like, yeah, we were just better at scouting than everybody else for a while. And, and now that we're not, kind of now that everybody else is caught up, it, it, obviously the the world gets a lot a lot tougher. Yeah. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people get to know very very easily. I mean, if you look at his career, um, he never really. Whenever he speaks about his career, he never really tends to mention us when he's talking about his story, which does surprise me quite a lot. Seeing as he was the captain of our club, but I think, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, I don't know. It's. I think. I think if you look at the way that it all ended and wound up, like it's probably not, he can't look back on that and be super proud of what he did. You know, like he has to know that he made some mistakes there. And, and, and I think the fans obviously don't really appreciate that either. Like we all kind of feel like that, 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 that he could have done better there. And I wish he would have done better there. Cause I like it when players leave the club kind of in a positive way. And we can look back and say like, you know, those, those times were good. You look at Steven Davis, you know, we remember him, Uh, pretty fondly even if uh, unless you're somebody who just didn't like Steven Davis as a player then that's fine but if you look at the way he left the club I think that's better even Font kind of had that kind of weird leaving situation and 
Um, I can understand yeah, his a little bit because, you know, you come to the club, you, you drop down a league to play for the club. You come all the way up with the club. You're the captain of the club. You finally get to like the apex of what it's probably going to be, which is Europa League football. And then Puel doesn't play you because he doesn't want to play you twice in a week. And it's like, you know, that would be frustrating for for a guy who's who knows he's co- probably coming towards the end of his career. He may not get that chance again. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can understand that kind of having that fallout. Um, but Van Dyke, it's it's much harder to. Uh, I still remember yeah, where I where I was standing when the picture was posted uh, that he was, you know, going to Liverpool or whatever, and I was just like, I I don't like you. Yeah, like completely. No, yeah, I still remember that moment. I think Mane Mane left with with dignity. I think he was he, he had a good leave, but yeah, I I felt bad for Fon. If I'm honest, he was class. Him and Van Dyke at the back were just different. Uh, yeah. They were both so good, but yeah, it's just very frustrating, really, isn't it? For a long time, I always thought Font was the the least good of the center backs we had because it just, uh, I thought that everybody we put next to him made him look better. But uh, as it goes on, I I think actually he he did a lot to, for for the people that were next to him to make them look good yeah. too. Um, uh, so I have more kind of respect for him as as I've gotten older and and kind of watch more football than uh, I, I used to. But but yeah. Um, so speaking of places we could probably improve um, defending, um, just I don't I don't think we have a fullback that I, I would stand out there on an island against most people. Um, going the opposite way though, uh, if you were looking at our team uh, and, and just trying to think about the player who you'd be willing to just set one on one against somebody as an attacking player, like which 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 attacking player would you pick if you could only pick one to kind of run at somebody all all, all game? But you kind of have three in my head. Three options: you have uh, Bufal, Redmond, and probably DJ Musa. Okay. I'd probably, obviously, Bufal's the most skilled, but the most inconsistent. Redmond's probably the most direct, um, and Janefo's just just consistent. He just he just beats people. Probably if I was looking for fun, I'd probably just go Bufal. Just let him get on with it. He might not be the man every time, but he does he does show off quite a lot. If you wanted results, I'd probably go for Redmond. Um, yeah, if I had to pick one, it would probably either be Redmond or Jeanette, definitely. See, I think Janepo is just, he looks like he's so lanky. It just, yeah. it's tough to know what's happening because it doesn't look very so, like, yeah. orthodox, so you know? Um, yeah. Buffal seems to have more of the skill moves, more of the trickery, more of the... Um, y- y- it's harder to predict what he's going to do, I guess. Um, even though, you know, it's going to be some sort of, of move. And I think at, at some point, like Buffalo will just wind up getting kicked really hard because he's going to like try to flick the ball over somebody's head, like, um, like some sort of Neymar esque situation. Um, and I don't think Redmond would ever do that. I think Redmond will try to run by you most of the time. Um, and I yeah. think that my, my only problem with Redmond doing it and picking him as the guy is sometimes the pass after he beats the man doesn't come where it needs to. Um, but I think yeah. Buffal also has that situation, that problem too, where it's just kind of, he tries to sometimes make one too many moves. Um, and I yeah, think definitely. I think Janepo would would make a move, and then generally put the ball in the area or, or or make a pass. But I worry about him being able to do it after he gets fouled repeatedly because he's just so so young. I worry about him just getting hurt because he's he looks tiny and frail. But I know he's not. I just yeah, it's just yeah, he's very skinny. Yeah. Um, and I, I am not very skinny, so that's that's that. Um, I don't know, but I, I think I think all three of those guys have have merits. Uh, I think though, I like the uh, 
if I have to like pick a guy to watch and, and kind of what gets me out of my seat more, it tends to be like a quick move and then a burst of pace. So I think I would have mm. go for Redmond on that. Cause I just like, I kind of like seeing the ball get put out in front and just watching a guy run by somebody else. I think that's always like a, and maybe that's yeah. like the American in me. Um, in terms of like, if you watch a wide receiver or running back in American football, like when they create that separation, it's just like, oh mm. man, like some, this is, so this is going to be big, you know? And, and so I think when I see that, um, even, in, even in football now, uh, it tends to be what kind of makes me, uh, makes me excited, I guess. Um, not in the Kyle Walker way though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, do we have any other questions or anything or, or like, you know, I, I think it, this, this whole thing is still, is still weird. It seems like three, four weeks into it would be, I'd be adjusting a little better, but I, I'm honestly not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, there's, there's, just, there's just nothing coming out of the club really. Apart from the Saints has one campaign. There's not a lot going on. I know they're showing some of the old games. So they showed, I think it was, who they showed the other week? Was, I think it was our JPT win. Uh-huh. The pin trophy final. There's just nothing coming out of the club at the moment at all. No, no. I, I will say that the, the 76 Cup final uh, is on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube and you can find it at the Saints Archive uh, if you're a member of that, uh, the Facebook group. Um, and, and, and I, I did watch that back twice and the, I just, the, the couple of things that, that jump out to me are one, there's only one substitution, you know, there's one substitute, uh, on the bench P, guys are named, you know, numbered one through 11. Um, and then the, the substitute is 12. And I was just thinking like, I, I guess that's a question that we can ask is, is if you were looking at a guy, if you were you're only allowed one substitute. Which guy on yeah. our team is the guy that that sits on the bench as your substitute? Who 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 is the guy? Oh, and I guess I guess game. how do you how do you think about yeah. that too? Because obviously, our subs normally would probably be Bufal, Che, Obafemi, um, Romeo. Obviously, if you were going for a goal, I'd probably put on Che because he does show that he obviously he hasn't scored, but he does show very very good awareness when he comes on but yeah he doesn't his confidence is just a bit low if obviously if you wanted to hold out a game if you one nil up and you want to try to hold out obviously Romeo's going to be your guy probably for me Che I, I don't know I'm a big fan of him I think his movement off the ball is very very good um, obviously you do have Obafemi who can just run a lot but I don't think his impact is as big personally I was he's not at our club but I was thinking James Milner is like the perfect yeah. <laughs> one man substitute you know um, so versatile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. But um, I was thinking, you know, if 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 I uh, obviously I want James Ward-Prowse starting uh, at this point, but if if I could think of anybody to be like the substitute, I I would probably pick him because I think he could play kind of yeah. a, a bunch of different kind of positions. You could put him in at either side of of defense and in, in terms of a fullback, you can put him in central midfield. Uh, you can play him a bit more advanced uh, in attacking midfield. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want him as a He's he's played as a winger before, but I don't know if that's oh, that's the best dreadful. thing. But um, yeah, he wasn't great. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't quite have the pace. But I'm trying to think of uh, of other guys that kind of just you know because if you only get one, it, all of a sudden it changes the the dynamic a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I like it. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's all that's in my head today. Um, yeah, definitely same here. But but Rob, I appreciate you coming on, and I I'm sorry again that 
yeah, we had to postpone the thing and now we have no football to talk about and uh, sorry, man. dragging you through this. Uh, sorry, don't worry about it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's always good coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate uh, I appreciate talking to you again and catching up and I hope that uh, this kind of treats you you well going forward and everybody kind of gets, you know, it, it stays healthy and I hope that your birthday is uh, enjoyable even um, e- even though it, it'll, it, you'll be mostly alone. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. But um, now to anyone listening, just remember to stick by the regulations, stay inside when you can, because if you want football back as soon as possible, then stay inside. That's literally, do your bit. If you see other people going outside and stuff, let them do their thing, but obviously the police are there. But just if you want football back as soon as possible, just follow the regulations as best as you can. All right, man. That's simple. Yeah, it's it's not that hard, but some people, you know, Maybe my four walk a day thing is is not helping, but like some people just can't get it through their head. But I'll I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll do better. Um, and uh, if you need, granted, there's a time difference, but if you need birthday shots, we can always. Uh, oh yeah, we can do we can do birthday shots via Definitely. via Facetime or or uh, <laughs> you know Skype or whatever, man. We'll, we'll yeah, I'll be great fun. All yeah. right, man. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, mate. that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Rob Maddox. You can find him on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore and special thanks to him and apologies again. I had to cancel the first episode and then football got canceled. And now we had to come on and talk about handballs and, uh, you know, lockdown defending, which is not the same as talking about, you know, matches that we play and potentially win. Although who knows what would have happened if we would have actually played. While you're following Rob, if you want to follow the partner of the show, you can do that. That's the Southampton page on Twitter. They are at Southampton page. And on Instagram, they're at Southampton page one. You should also follow Matt Beeling. He does the logo for the show. You can find him and more of his work at We Are Southampton on Instagram. While you're there, if you want to follow this show, we are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. You get all those links and more by going to the show website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. There you can sign up to make sure you're subscribed so you get each and every episode as it's delivered. You never have to worry about looking for it. It just shows up. It's basically magic. I honestly don't know how it works, but it does. I want to take a second right now to say thank you to everyone who was listened from the beginning. We're well over three years into this, and uh, it's been amazing. So I just want to say thanks uh, because right now it's raining. And there's no football and we're still doing this because uh, I enjoy basically talking to people and you and uh, it's uh, keeping me going at points. So uh, thank you to all of you for that. The music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. If you have a question or anything for the show, make sure you do get in touch. Uh, We'll be back next week. I look forward to talking to you then. And until then, remember that together, march on.